Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. What I say today may very well not be the thing you remember most about today's time together, which I think is a good thing. Uh, Experiencing God is way more important than remembering three points in a sermon. Um, I'm going to move this out of the way. Some people, I've heard this phrase in church a lot, um, and, and, and I think that there's a good heart behind it. I love that the phrase, you know, God really showed up today, which is true. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's not true at all. But I think today's a good example that he's always here, but that's what engaging him looks like. That it's not that you go somewhere and he's not there, and if you go to a special place at a special time with the right people, then maybe, maybe he'll be there. He's, he's there all the time, but engaging him intentionally is totally different than just hoping maybe something will happen today. So um, may we engage him always and expect his greatness, uh, because it, it, in no way and at no point is he ever small. Man. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to open in prayer. And then we'll, um, we'll dive into today's message, finishing up Ephesians chapter 4, um, which I'm very excited about. And, uh, and we'll see what God has for us. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Okay, now let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, uh, just uh, increase our hearts and our minds, uh, God, uh, that we could take in these things that you have put in your word, God, that we could take in what you're showing us today, and that your peace would reside over every area of our life. God, and that our confidence in you and who you've made us to be is so solid that when we leave here, if there, if there was an earthquake, that we are unshaken when everything else is because we are solid and peaceful and centered and strong all because of you. Father, all these things through you. When the world shakes, may we not because we hold your hand. Father, bless this time and thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, okay, I think I got my notes. Okay, we're good, we're good, okay. Alrighty, so Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. Okay, so this is what we're at. Um, that slide, I promise, is going to make sense with the kangaroo picture here shortly, okay? Uh, let's recap real quick. Uh, so, a couple weeks ago, uh, Renee st- uh, spoke about how there's no way to really know God's love but to experience it for yourself. Like, you can hear about it, you can read about it, you can, you can read a ton of books, you can listen to people talk about it, but until you experience it for yourself, it's not the same. Like, like, like the Grand Canyon, she said, you have to really be there and experience it for yourself. And when you do, it goes to the root of you, it goes to your heart, and all of a sudden, your behavior changes as a result. So God's not all about, you know, get that right behavior, fix that, you know, you know, cut that thing, you know. It's all, it comes to the heart, and then everything else branches out of that. You know, the, the branches on us that, that we didn't need die and fall off, and branches that we do need begin to grow within us as we experience God personally in our heart, okay? And then Pastor spoke last week from Ephesians chapter four about the unity of the Spirit, walking worthy of our call on this earth that we could impact this earth, and it's different because of what we do in it. It's different because we're there. And as we walk worthy of that call, united together, things are better, as we just experienced. Things are better, okay? All right, so there's our recap from where we've been, okay? Now, here's my whole message in one sentence. 
We were ignorant. We were never animals. And now we're new and we get to dress like it. Now, hopefully, that sentence is just confusing enough to get you to pay attention for the next 20 minutes so that you can understand what in the world do I mean. Okay, that, that was, that's my total ploy. I'm being honest. Okay. All right, so uh, as we pick up in Ephesians, uh, Paul gets specific, okay? Um, here, we're getting into the part of the book where Paul has been telling the people, you know, how, how to live out their faith, and now he gets to the specifics of, you know, helping them to see this is how the world lives, and this is what it means to live in Christ, right? Because he's giving them the real big, like, hey, this is how you actually do it. This is how you be the church. This is how you live out your faith. He was making it simple for them, right? And I'm a firm believer that things should not be overly complicated. That's not really productive. So Paul here in these verses is giving them a context for how to live. What does it look like? Okay? So that's what we're going to be looking at today. So I'm going to first look at verses 17 through 19. Hopefully you guys can see that well enough. I'm going to read it out loud just in case. All right. This is Paul. He says, So I say this, and insist in the Lord that you no longer live as the Gentiles do. Now, in what ways, Paul? Like, how, what do you mean, don't live like they do? Because we need to eat food. We need to sleep, you know, be specific, Paul. Okay. So he says, in the futility of their thinking. You see, it says, they are darkened in their understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Because they are callous, they've given themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Okay, now, that's a, those are some very long sentences, and, and in the New Testament, you get a lot of really long sentences. You're kind of wondering, when should, then should, be, when should there be a comma, or could they have made it into like two sentences because you're trying to make sure you follow the same thought all the way to the end, okay? I'm gonna try to sum this up. Paul is saying, for the Gentiles, hard-heartedness led to hard-headedness, which led to indecent behavior, specifically or namely impurity, as in mixing together good worthwhile things with things that are not good and not worthwhile and treating them as if they are the same. Impurity, okay, as if they are the same thing when they are in fact opposites, okay? And greediness, as in not knowing when to say enough. Not knowing when to say enough, okay? So one more time, hard-heartedness, that led to hard-headedness, that led to indecent behavior, impurity, mixing the two things that don't belong, and not knowing when to say enough, greediness, okay? So he's telling them, don't do these things. This, you know, if you need to know the difference, this is how you tell them apart. Is it making sense? Yes, yes, for 15 of you, that's awesome. Okay, the rest of you will get there. Okay, all right. Okay, um, now, I want to give a little bit of a backup. Um, I don't have a lot of verses to go through today, and I feel like this is a good point. My wife actually introduced me to a podcast called Bema, and one of the teachings in it really just connected to something in here that I wanted to touch on, okay? So this is something that I, I gleaned from, from that study. I'm backing it up in the book of Genesis, and this is the only time I'm going to leave Ephesians while I'm talking today. So after this, we're going to go right back into Ephesians, and we're going to finish up those verses. I'm only deviating this one time, okay? And I'm going to summarize a bit of the beginning of Genesis. So if you've not heard it in a little while, here's your review, okay? 
In Genesis chapter one, God creates Adam and Eve in his image. He makes them in his image. It is good. It's very good. And Genesis two explains that, kind of backtracking, that God noticed that Adam shouldn't be alone. It was not good for Adam to be alone. And the very next thing he does is he has Adam name every animal, brings all the animals to Adam, has a name. And, and the, the guy who was on the podcast, these were his words, but I thought it made sense. He said, he said, if you look at the sentences, one sentence says, God noticed it's not good for Adam to be alone. And then the, right after that it says, and so God brought Adam all the animals for him to name, and not a single animal corresponded to Adam. And so he says, either God is like ADD in changing subjects, or God is making a statement here that it is not good for Adam to be alone, and at the same time, not a single animal corresponded to Adam. Not a single animal was found to meet that need because Adam was different. He was not the same. So God made Eve also in his image, and she did correspond in his image. Now, Genesis chapter 3 is where everything goes wrong. The serpent tells Eve she will be like God if she eats from the tree. You will be like God if you eat from the tree. But that very statement is ignoring the fact that God has already said he made Adam and Eve in his image. As in, they already bear the mark of being like God. Not in the ways the serpent was talking about, but that was already their identity. They were made in his image. And the serpent comes along, and with that statement, well, you will be like him if you do this thing that he said not to do. So that statement does not directly say you aren't like him, but kind of ignores the fact that Adam and Eve were made in his image. Are you following me here? Like his statement, it's, it's, it's like a, a subtle suggestion that, will you could be if you did this. And all of a sudden, calling into question what is true and causing them to wonder about things that aren't worthwhile. Planting that little idea. When the serpent tells Eve to eat from the tree, he begins to draw her attention to something different. What do animals do? Well, when animals are hungry, they eat. And they eat, and they eat, and they eat. I had uh, uh, friends growing up, they owned a couple of horses, and their horses got into a big grain of like oats and everything, like just the, the supply of all of it, stuff they should have fed the horses over a long period of time. And the horses got into it, and guess when the horses decided to stop eating? They didn't stop. One horse died from overeating, and the other one nearly died, because they don't stop, because they're an animal, because they just eat. Horses, when, I mean, animals, when they're hungry, they eat. When they're thirsty, they drink. When it's mating season, Stay away from them. They don't have, uh, they don't have that, 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 that I'm going to hold myself back from this desire because that's not good. They don't have, they don't have that, that restraint, that reservation, that, well, hang on now. Let's, let's look at this differently. They don't have that. So when they're hungry, they eat. When they're thirsty, they drink. You know, they follow their desires and that, that, that's basically it, you know? I mean, I had a dog 
that growing up, and this was the sweetest dog, and it was like super nice and super gentle, never causes a single problem. But one day, I did make the mistake of putting my hand in its bowl when it was eating. And this dog, which was the friendliest small dog, growled and got angry, and I was like, I've never even seen it do, I, I didn't even occur to me it would do that because it was so friendly. But its instincts, its desires said, I want that, and you better not be taking it. And so the, the bond was set aside because of that, even though I spent years with this dog. It was an animal. Here the serpent is saying, Eve, just consider yourself a beast. Just consider yourself an animal. Consider yourself that you have desires and you should just embrace those and that's your decision-making process, Eve. Just, just think about yourself as only an animal, which is kind of a weird thing because he's saying, he's essentially addressing Eve saying, think about yourself like an animal and yet try to become like God in ways that aren't even good for you. So it's like this weird thing where he's not addressing her as if she was made in the image of God, and yet he's telling her, that's what I'm trying to get you to, which he's not. You see the, the twisting here, like the, the, the deception of I'm going to talk to you as, as the thing that you aren't until you had to become something that God says you already are, but following that path led to the exact opposite direction. It was such a twisting of the truth. Are you seeing this, guys? Are you seeing this? This was, I mean, such subtle manipulation. So Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the tree produced fruit that was good for food, was attractive to the eyes, and was desirable for making one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate it. He convinced her Eve, live like an animal. And she did. And as we know, things got very bad. But we know clearly Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, and as are we. And yes, after the fall, things got really bad, but then Jesus came and fixed that, guys. Jesus came and he, he reunited the bond we have with our Father. He made all those things right again, but what we find is the lies that were spoken here in Genesis and the lies that the Gentiles were living by and believed in the book of Ephesians and the lies that we're still surrounded by today are the same. Just think about yourself like an animal. Just follow your desires. Just, you know, just, just, just do the kind of things that you have a desire to do when you have a desire to do them. And that's really what you're supposed to do because what's would give the desire? Just do it. And... As if, as if we're going to be convinced to forget that we were made in the image of God, that we have a relationship with our Father, that we think differently, that we behave differently, that we create like our Father does in our own way, not to the degree he does, but he made us to be creative and to, to live life and to have connection with him like nobody and like nothing else can. Like we are different we are so different, and that is awesome news, and yet very often the narration of the world is subtly, just think about yourself like a really smart animal, and that's it. And it's just a lie, guys. It was a lie in Genesis. It was a lie when Paul wrote, wrote Ephesians, and it's still a lie today. It's not any different. It's not any different. So as we, as we 
look at the world around us, and as we learn more about Ephesians, and as we are taking in, okay, what was happening with Paul at the time, may we find those parallels and find it's no less relevant, even though it was a long time ago. And it was a long time ago. I mean, a lot of these things are foreign to me. I'm not, as Jerry said, I'm not that old. You know, like these, a lot of these things, I mean, this is outside my generation, and yet the ideas have been progressed and carried on and on and on, and we're still being confronted with the same thing that's just not true. So today, if you leave with something, may it be one of the, it's one of the things, be a reminder, we're not animals. We don't think about ourselves in that simple way. No, we are made in the image of God. We've been united with Christ, and everything is different because of that. And may we never downplay who we are and what we are on this earth. We can't afford to do that. We're different, and we're always going to be different. And I like that. I don't know about you guys, but I like that. Yeah? I mean, dude, life's so much better being as God made me to be in relationship with him. So look at this passage again. We, all, we, we just read this, but look at this little, you know, these areas. When Paul says in those verses, at the phrases, in the futility of their thinking... They were darkened in understanding, being alienated from life, okay, because that stuff doesn't work. They were callous. They, they gave themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. Paul's saying, you know, guys, it doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. Like, I mean, you know, it promises things and doesn't deliver. It just doesn't work, okay? So Paul makes that really, really clear. Now, Jesus rescued us. Jesus rescued us, and so now Paul gets into, okay, now Paul, Paul made that clear. This is how the Gentiles operate. This is how they think. This is how they, they act. This is how they believe. This is their life, and now instead, on the other side of it, well, how do we live? Like, what does that look like? And I want you to know, um, if you ever hear someone talk about this, it should always make you excited and pretty happy because we have it so good in Christ. So if you ever like walk away from a message and it's like, they talked about life in Christ and I just feel tired and bored, they might have missed it a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it's like, I mean, Jesus didn't give us a boring life. Jesus didn't give us like, you know, it's like, well, this puny little existence that we just kind of put a little bit, you know, no, I mean, he didn't give us any of that. God, God is so big and he, as my, a good friend of mine has recently been saying, he desires to be big in us on this earth. So if we're ever bored or, or just kind of feeling like, well, you know, it just doesn't really matter. I mean, dude, something has been missed. I'm just telling you, something's been missed. Because we just saw today, as we engage, stuff happens. All right, it's not boring. So maybe we never think about it as so. Jesus rescued us, so now, what does that look like, okay? So Paul says in verses 20 and 21, but you did not learn about Christ like this, if indeed you heard about him and were taught, by, and were taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. So he's saying that old way of thinking that Gentiles use, that didn't lead you to Jesus. Like thinking that way didn't lead you to truth. Thinking that way didn't lead you to life. It happened because Jesus invaded your life and changed things. Right, So the old way of thinking did not lead you to life. It led you somewhere else. Jesus intercepted your path and gave you a new one, and it led you to life. Okay, That's what we have now. So now, what does that look like? Okay, So verses 22 through 24, I'm going to break this up, and here's what I like about this so much, one of the things anyway. It's simple. 
It's really simple. Because if it were complicated, then, I mean, how many people in the world would just, would just not be able to actually take a hold of this and have it for their own? Like, I mean, complicated doesn't work for a lot of different people. It, this is simple. So if you hear anything here that's complicated, I apologize that's on me. But guys, this is simple. Okay, so verse 22. When he says, you were taught with reference to your former way of life to lay aside the old man who is being corrupted according with deceitful desires. Mm, desires, interesting there, that parallel. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Um, so, uh, to lay aside the old man. Okay, so I want you to imagine it like this. Um, you go to buy new clothes. Okay, you go to buy new clothes. You go in a dressing room and what you have on is like your old man clothes. Okay, like the, the, all the stuff the old man wore, you know, I mean, the tattered stuff, the stained stuff, the, you know, had all the different, the different marks showing the way you lived and everything, and this is active. He says, lay that down, take that off and lay that down. Let go of what was. Let go of it, okay? Like, just release it and don't feel, you know, don't feel like you got to pick it back up again. And then that's something, now you're like, okay, well, now what do I wear? Like, now what? Okay, what's my next step? Now, this one is interesting. Verse 23, it says, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. To be renewed. As in, it's an action, but it's one you receive. It's not one you do. Because here's the thing. I can't make the new man. I can't make the clothes that I need. In that dry. I can't create them. I can't think them up. They're not even an idea I can have. Like, it's so far beyond my natural thinking from before I knew Jesus that I can't get there myself. So he gives it to me. It's like I'm in that dressing room, and then, then like, laid right outside it are all the clothes that I now get to wear, the things that are of him. And I didn't make them, and I never would have thought to like design it that way, and like, what's up with the, oh man, like, this is gonna be breathable, and I, this is gonna feel great, and, and this is the, all the pants, and oh, there's no pockets on them. Why aren't there pockets on them? Because well, I'm gonna depend on you for more than, okay, that's cool, I like that, okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, just, you know, like we, the guys, the stuff that God thinks about, thinks about so differently, he just gives it to us. He has granted it to us, and so now we get to put on things that we did not think up, that we did not make, but which are infinitely better than whatever we had before, okay? So we allow that to happen. We receive that. We receive it, and now it's ours, and it's like, man, I'm, I put on the new man, like, you know, I mean, and you walk, I mean, if you've recently been shopping and you know you got all, all new things, you don't go to sum up someone, you don't tell them, hey, man, I went shopping yesterday, don't look good. But when you walk in the room, you walk in a little bit different because, you know, everything you got on is new. I mean, we all do it, right? Like, you know, it's like if you went shopping recently and you really like what you bought, you kind of walk into that space like, I like the clothes I'm wearing today. You know, I mean, you, know, I mean, you have the, you know, and, and those are just clothes, guys. He gave us a new man, a new woman, like you are new. And that's such, I mean, when you walk around, it's like, man, I'm new. Like, uh, whatever I was was gone, and now I'm new. Nothing is as it was. All that old stuff, I don't even have to remember it because it's gone. It's, it, it, I mean, you don't think about the garbage. When you put garbage in your garbage can and you wheel that can to the end of the road and you put it there and you walk away, how often do you go back in your mind to think, hmm, what all was in that garbage? You don't. You go on with your life because it's garbage. So in the same way, as Christ has rescued us, we don't get caught up in thinking about what was because now we have what is, and what is is really good. So in verse 23, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, guys, let's put it on every single day and know, man, this is better. Like, I don't want anything else. Verse 24, 
and put on the new man who's been created in God's image, in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. We put on that new man and we say, man, God is this good to me. Like when I see it, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm so awesome. It's like, look at how good God has been to me to take me from where I was to here. And I didn't earn it. I could never have earned this. I, could, I, mean, I, didn't, I couldn't even fight it up. And now it's mine. And he loves me that much. We walk into a lot of different scenarios in life. Um, I am going to school for mental health counseling. And so part of my curriculum is that I get to, like, see people for appointments and stuff like that, a few, you know, as I'm learning and stuff. And when I walk into a room, I have no idea what that person is going to start talking about a lot of times. I mean, it could be anything. It could be that their dog died and it was a really hard day, or it could be that, that they've lost every important, significant person in their life to death, and, 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 and I'm not supposed to help them. I've got no idea what I'm walking in the room to face. Like, I mean, I'm walking in blind, and that's just the job, okay? So I have found as I'm driving to work or as I'm in the office before the person comes in, I'm, I'm asking my father, okay, God, what do I really need for what's coming? Because he knows what's coming, and I don't know what's coming. And, and it's so cool, guys, that, like, before the person gets there, and I don't even know what they're talking about, he'll draw my attention to maybe... Um, where really, you know, spiritually speaking, wear some sturdy shoes today, be well grounded, because this person is going to try to throw all these kind of curveballs at you. Or this person is coming in here today and they have been shattered. And man, like, put on your gentle gloves and just give them some peace. And like, he'll give me some ideas about what's coming before it gets there. And then I find they're right. That like, what he showed me beforehand gives me an idea of where to go to help this person that I don't know. I don't know what they went through last week, even if, even if I met them weeks early. I mean, it's just, he, he's good. So I find it's almost like I'm asking God, what am I wearing today? When I get up in the morning, what am I wearing today? What do you want me to really put on and put my attention on today? Because now I'm, I'm the new man, right? And now I want to dress like the new man. So then if God says, well, you're going out in the world today and say it's going to be really chaotic. And so today, man, turn your attention really to peace. So that when, wherever you go, and you can hear that chaotic tone in people's voices, and you can, you know, you, you see the, the, chaotic, you know, the, the stressed posture and, the, and how they're, you know, they have a short fuse and, and all the, you know, and it's all around you. And it's like, man, people cut you off in traffic and squirrels, or five squirrels run in front of your car on one trip. And like, what is up with today? And you realize, you know, there's all this chaos and you realize, oh, man, I'm so glad God told me to pay special attention to peace today because now I know to check into that. Now I know to check into that as the day goes along. Now I know what to do. Now I know how to, you know, how to go up, you know, and, and honestly, I still get surprised, and he's, he's faithful even when I, you know, when I didn't see something coming, but I find as I invest in my time with him and am receptive and I'm intentional, slowly he builds in me a more and more awareness than I used to have about how to go about my day when I don't know what's going to happen in that day. Like, I got my plans for that day, and sometimes it goes to, according to my plan, and that's great. And a lot of times it doesn't. But I got to go through the day either way. So I want to be, I want to know how to really tune in to my father so that I know he's, you know, whenever he's saying, put on this or put on that, or you're not going to need this today, I say, okay. And I just roll with it. I just go with it. I, I just, you, know, you just live it out, and you, and you learn as you go, and, and it's good. Mm. What? Should I wear today? Okay, almost done, I promise. 
I didn't really expect us to go over today, but, but this kind of worked out because I'm, 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 I mean, I'm almost like, we're going to get out of decent time. So you're welcome. Yeah. Um, verses 25 through 30, I'm going to summarize for us. Essentially, put away the things that aren't useful anymore and pick up the things that the Holy Spirit directs you to. It's, it's really simple, guys. I mean, it's, as we read the Bible, I, re- under, I recognize, depending on your translation and depending on you know, your knowledge of what used to be, uh, it can seem kind of complicated. It can seem like, what do I really make of that? But, but our Father is a good teacher, and he does not intend to confuse us or overwhelm us. So as we read, just know, man, he'll lay it out for you. Sometimes all we just need is just 15 minutes to turn off our cell phone, close our door, go, go, get away from everybody else, and open up the Bible, sit with God, and say, God, what? What do you mean here? Like, what, what does this actually mean? And I discovered at 18 years old, after school, I would do this in my room, and I found he would talk to me. And he would tell me what things meant that I didn't understand. And then the next day, I'd be able to use that. Go figure. The Bible you can use you know, in a normal day. I mean, blow your mind. Verse 31 you must put away every kind of bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, evil, and slanderous talk. Now, as I read this, please don't hear like a list of do's and don'ts or like some, you know, legalistic behavior. Guys, the, the, the starched shirt of legalism doesn't look good on anybody, okay? Like, it doesn't. And, and I wore it for a long time, and I'm telling you, it's uncomfortable, it's itchy, and doesn't even look good. Like, so please, don't ever hear me say put on some legalistic mindset because you can't flow with the spirit if you can't move. And legalism doesn't allow you to move, okay? So, so please don't hear that. But here, when he's saying put away these things, and I must admit, if he's saying put away bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, evil, and slanderous talk, then it was probably an issue then. It was probably very prevalent then. It was probably all around people then. And it's like you go in the marketplace and people talk that way. And you go into shops and people talk that way. And you, go, but you pass by people and they're talking that way. And I wonder how that relates to the world we live in today. As you go out and as you listen to the news or the radio or you're on social media, I wonder what falls in the category of bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, evil, and slanderous talk. It's a lot of what we're around. I mean, it's, you can almost drown in it if you allow yourself to go to the wrong places for a long enough time. And so when he says put it away, it's like I, we're going to be in the world, guys, engage the world, but that doesn't mean that we got to like, you know, get yourself so entrenched in it that you, you pick up the habits of those you're around. Ideally, they'll see something different in us. And so what I find is with good intentions, I can look up helpful information and want to know what's going on in current events. And the narrative is so stressful and it's so anxiety provoking and it's so critical that if it's critical on something I agree with, I'm like, yeah. And if it's critical of something I disagree with, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous because And neither one of those sides is much like Jesus. So be informed, but maybe we need to be informed in a way where we are still hearing our Father's voice, not maybe, definitely, hearing our Father's voice, like, primarily, and then everything else is like, I am aware of what is happening, but I'm not jumping on that ship. That ship's not going where I want to go. That ship is choppy. That ship is dirty and smells, and I just, I don't want to be on it. So I know what's going on. I'm not going to be uninformed. I'm not going to be a hermit living on top of a mountain, but... 
but I'm not gonna ride that boat. I'm getting off that bus. I'm not going where they're going. So why am I gonna get on that bus? It just doesn't work. So put away those things because we just don't need them. And verse 32, instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ Jesus also forgave you. Mm, I like that. Kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving, just as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. It's really easy to tell if you're around people who do this. And I'm gonna give you a little test. If you are about to head somewhere, and inside you're like, I don't wanna be there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obligated to go, I'm supposed to go, I love the people there, but I don't wanna be there. That might be a red flag, that the people there are still kinda growing in their compassion and forgiveness and kindness. Because generally speaking, if the people you're around are very kind, very compassionate, and very forgiving, you usually want to be around them. So if you find you're really excited to go somewhere, these things are probably there. I'm not going to say every circumstance, but it's a good sign. And maybe if you reflect, you realize, well... I've got some, some room to grow in these areas. And I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm forgiving about these things to these people, but I'm not so forgiving to these people who aren't even sorry. Or, well, I can be kind to these people, and I see similarities between myself and them, but being kind to these people, I mean, they're just mean. Why would I be kind to them? You know, like, I mean, just, we, get, we justify these things in our head, and maybe we need some, some practice and some help with that. You know, maybe when we're tying up our... And God says, you know, put on kindness today and you're tying up the laces of your kindness shoes and, 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 but you're just not really good at it yet and you find you just keep tying your shoes together. I mean, you try to be kind, you just fall on your face and yell at somebody, you know, and just, I was trying to be kind today and it's just not working, you know, and just, we mess up sometimes. You know, you try to put on your, your pants of forgiveness and, and, but you find you put them on backwards and so I'm, I'm cool to forgive them, but I just gotta have a little bit of revenge first, then I'm gonna forgive them, you know, well, it's a little backwards. You, you forgive him, so you don't need revenge. Like, so, guys, we're all learning how to do this. Like, I'm not perfect at these things. I have my good days and bad days. We're all learning how to follow Jesus, how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're all doing that. So this day, be encouraged because God is our teacher. And if he was faithful to save us, he was faithful to do everything it would take to save us, why would he not go all the way and finish the work that he started in us? Why would he not bring to completion everything he already started inside you? He started it. He's going to finish it. We just get to engage it and be on board with that and say, okay, I want to go where you want to go. So yeah, I'm going to take this thing off. You said I don't need it anymore. I'm going to put on this thing, and we're going to keep going. And he makes the path in front of me. I get to walk it. But I didn't clear the land. He did. And that's the life we have, guys, and I'm so glad that our Father is that good to us, that despite the fact that we do get it wrong a lot, he's our faithful teacher. He is patient and kind with us, and we now get to dress differently because of his good stuff, not because we earned it or invented it. So this day, be encouraged. Be encouraged because our Father is that good and we are not animals and we get to dress differently in this world. And I love those things. Let's pray.
and then we'll begin to transition and stuff. You guys have been awesome. I appreciate all the open eyes. It uh, means a lot. Uh, let's pray together. Um, and uh, if you notice any area of your life and you're like, yeah, I, I can maybe use some work there. Hey, that's why we have, we have grace. We have a faithful father. So just say, God, show me how to do this. Show, show me how to receive this thing that I've not done, done a very good job of receiving because I didn't know how or, or whatever. Just surrender what you don't need and receive what you do and be intentional about it because that's why we come together is to be different when we leave. So let's do that now. Father, thank you for your goodness in ways we don't even realize we need your goodness. You were good in the ways, and we, we think everything is fine at times, and then you go and you're good to us in a way that, and, we're, and it opens up our world to a whole different awareness. We are blind and you make us able to see. This day, whatever you have shown us or brought to our awareness, whatever has plagued us in the past, we just, we just lay that down and we say, God, take this. Or if it's a, it's a thing we can't even name, but we just know we got some growing to do. God, we lay down our, our inexperience, our lack of growth. We lay down any doubts we have about, about being able to connect with you and being able to trust you to grow us up. And we pick up, God, just the belief that you're gonna grow up things in us that we're gonna need down the road. And we receive that this day because we wanna be different. We wanna be like you the one who made us in his image. Father, bless us this day and thank you that you're gonna show us exactly what to do. It is in Jesus' name we pray and we love you, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.